Comic Book Tales is an immersive comic book experience for the new or lapsed comic book fan. I take a closer look at the comics that shaped my childhood and influenced my adulthood. Comic books are an amazing entry into another world and even provide the pictures to complete the fantasy. Join me for a new Comic Book Tales adventure. Hello and welcome to Comic Book Tales. Today we're going to discuss an area that we this probably isn't discussed enough, but I think is relatively important to your understanding of comics, especially Marvel comics. And that is, do the portrayals on TV and the movies to a lesser extent, but do the television shows that Marvel puts out influence your uh, opinion of, of the Marvel comics themselves? Do they enhance it? Do they diminish it? How do you really feel about that? And should you feel differently? And I'm going to present some ideas I think should make you look at these TV shows a little bit differently. So let's dive right into it. So the first TV show, live action TV show, that Marvel got on the air was The Incredible Hulk in the late 1970s and early 1980s uh, with Bill Bixby and Lou Ferrigno. He epitomized the Hulk. That was the first time anyone had ever seen the Hulk live. Now, in, in the comics, he's eight foot tall. Lou Ferrigno is not eight foot tall. Uh, you, you, but it, it gave you a visual representation, a live action visual representation of what a comic book looked like. And they changed a lot of the details of, of uh, Bruce Banner, made him David Banner. Uh, the Hulk was mute, didn't really speak. Um, couldn't really jump uh, like he could in the comic books. wasn't He was strong, but he wasn't overwhelmingly strong. He wasn't a ra- he was a rage monster to a point, but it was really toned down for TV. And that's what that's the focus of what we're talking about. Things tend to get toned down for the TV shows uh, due to budgetary concerns, and sometimes the movies as well, also due to budgetary concerns. You can't you can't have everything from a comic book. And portray it accurately and effectively uh, on a TV show. And we're, we're really speaking about the t- speaking about TV shows. So prior to the Incredible Hulk live action, there were some attempts in the 1960s by Stan Lee to get some comics on the screen, uh, and it was more cartoons, and it was more of a a slideshow of like a, more of a PowerPoint presentation of comic book pages. Uh, there was Thor, there was the Fantastic Four, there was Iron Man. It, they weren't great, um, but they were something. The The jingles were bad. Spider-Man, I believe, was also one. The jingles were bad. The The music was kitschy. It, it wasn't awesome, but it was something. And I, I should have digressed. There was an early attempt at a Spider-Man live action in the mid-1970s prior to The Incredible Hulk. But as I spoke about when I talked about Spider-Man, the technology didn't exist to really make this good. He was basically shooting nets from his hands and climbing across nets. And it it looked looked bad. It it did not capture the essence of Uh, Spider-Man. He he played a great reporter, uh, news photographer, but the Spider-Man portion of it, it just didn't look good. And that was the fear when Tobey Maguire took over the role in um, the first Spider-Man uh, trilogy was it going to look awful? Because we remembered that we remembered that. And Japan had done a lot of different things and and uh, made made it their own. But the U.S. version of that Spider-Man not awesome. It diminished, I, I believe to, for me, it diminished the character for me because it looked so hokey. It didn't. You have to suspend some disbelief when you're talking about comic books to begin with, and believing what they're seeing and showing you. You have to 
suspect that this is not real, but this is a fantasy world in which I'd like to enact for a little bit of time. The TV show Spider-Man, they were pieced together movies that made made for TV movies. They weren't good. Incredible Hulk, it re-energized comics uh, and and live action. So 50-50 on that. But did it enhance your enjoyment of the comic books? Okay, this was coming out at a period of time when comics were out of the Silver Age for Marvel and into the modern age more so. Now, I like the 70s Marvel comics. Not everybody did. And if you read the history of Marvel comics, maybe I shouldn't like them as much as I did. But I liked that here era. I liked the 70s, late 70s, into the early 80s Marvel comics. I thought they were they were good for me because that's what I grew up on. The 60s stuff with Ditko and... Um, and Jack Kirby and Stan Lee, not my favorite. It, it set a foundation, but I didn't love it. So for me, that's a different take on that. But the mo- the TV show, The Incredible Hulk, really got me interested in comics. I hadn't read comics up until that TV show. So for me, it was the entry point into comics uh, as a lifestyle, as understanding. So we flash forward a little bit. You've got the X-Men movies. You've got the Spider-Man movies. Um, you get into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which we've touched at uh, before. But TV show-wise, we had a lot of com- um, cartoons in the 90s. The Spider-Man cartoons, multiple times. Uh, the X-Men cartoons, multiple times. You had some Iron Man stuff. If you check out Netflix, you can see a lot of this stuff is is still available on Netflix. Varying degrees. The Spider-Man, the first Spider-Man was pretty good. They had a uh, Spider-Man in um, 1999 comic or a cartoon that was not it was not good. It was it was computer generated graphics and it looked stilted. It just looked awful. Um, the hand drawn stuff was so much better at that point. <coughs> so you gotta remember what you're looking at when you're when you're watching that. But it was still presented and it got people interested in the comics. You can say that led to the the boom in in comics, especially Marvel comics, and then the crash that came with it from collectors um, people trying to speculate on the on the comic industry, so good and bad. But the first X Men comic or cartoon was really good. Evolutions okay, but it did get people looking at comic books differently. Now Marvel went through a period of um, financial difficulty, which is why the X Men were sold, the Spider Man was sold, the Fantastic Four were sold as properties that they could hopefully you know stay afloat, which ended up not happening. Disney bought them. And we've got the Marvel Cinematic Universe because of that. So we get into a little more modern era. And if you've watched Netflix, you know there's a Daredevil series. Now, if you're not familiar with Daredevil, we've talked about it a little bit. But Daredevil was a a C or D level character. He was early on in the Marvel Universe, but not nobody really cared. He kind of floundered. Uh, the 80s were his pinnacle. And by the 90s, he was kind of nobody cared. He, he became a, a dark dark brooding hero and it it was hard for people to read him because he was kind of one-dimensional um but the the netflix series for me has reinvigorated my interest in daredevil i was a reader in the 80s into the early 90s i fell off i didn't really care watching that series now again the series focuses on the early start of daredevil so it's not current but it made me go back and say okay that's interesting about that character. That made me want to go read that comic book and that series and, and find out that he's moved to San Francisco. He's not in New York anymore. That's interesting. And so I have to go back and 
you know, it's like when you're on the internet and you start to do a Google search and you see one thing and it leads you to another thing and you spend two hours looking at something totally different than what you started uh, searching for. That's what it does. That's what the Daredevil uh, TV show did for me. I binge watched all of those in a weekend, uh, which is quite an accomplishment. That takes us to S.H.I.E.L.D., Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. on ABC. So we've got two seasons of that. Now, I have to admit, I was never a big fan of S.H.I.E.L.D. in the comics, Nick Fury and S.H.I.E.L.D. I always found it a little bit over the top, the naming convention for S.H.I.E.L.D., what it stands for or what it stood for over the years. It's, it's changed multiple times. I, I never loved it. I thought it was heavy-handed and government intervention. And I, I know it was the ultimate spy agency, but I just I didn't care about it. It didn't make me want to learn more about it. The Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. TV show started out slow. But by the end of the second, end of the first season, second half of the first season, I was into it because it brought in Hydra. It connected with the movies. It brought us characters we could care about, and you, it was less exposition and more intrigue, and that was awesome. Second season started a little bit slow again, and by the end I was again into it because it was an underdog clawing back, and I think that's what we appreciate. The overwhelming, powerful source of everything isn't interesting. But the underwhelmed uh, underdog is something that we can des definitely grasp and say, wow, I, I need to find out what happens to these people. And the interesting thing for me was it makes me go back and look at some of those obscure characters. And if you watch the show, you're going to say, okay, is that person truly who they're supposed to be? Is Mr. Hyde supposedly the right person for this for Daisy Johnson? And who's Daisy Johnson? Why do I know her? Her name's Sky on the show. Well, guess what? It makes you go back and look at um, the last 15 years of, of Marvel Comics and see all those interactions and see all those people. And it really invigorates my interest in other comics that I wasn't interested in before. And that was my point at the beginning. This is getting you to look at things in a different way. Because it's been presented in an entertaining fashion, you suddenly say, oh, Okay, maybe because I pushed all that to the side and never really looked at it, never really cared about it, maybe I should go back and look at it because it's actually interesting. And that's what we're fi I'm finding with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Peggy Carter, same thing. Eight episodes, I was intrigued. I enjoyed it. I didn't care much for her in Captain America, the first Avenger, but the the series, it, made, it, it involved me. It didn't feel like it was eight episodes. It felt like it was... Much, much broader than that. And I think that's a sign of a good show. Is a show where you say, look at all that was accomplished in such a brief period of time. It wasn't 22 episodes. It was eight episodes. Easily digestible. Easily available to you. And guess what? You get so much about the history of the Marvel Universe and the things that tie in with Howard Stark and, and the precursor to S.H.I.E.L.D. All that stuff is it's amazing to me. So I think... When you watch these shows, it should pique your interest. You should wonder, what is this? Who is this? How do they connect to the movies I've seen? What comics should I be reading to understand them better? Okay? So that, to me, is a huge, huge bonus. Now, Netflix is betting all in on the, the Daredevil side of things because they're bringing out uh, Jessica Jones. They're bringing out Luke Cage. They're bringing out um, the Defenders. So you're going to see a whole new, again, D-level heroes who, where did they come from? And if it's presented as well as, as Daredevil was, I think you're going to see more of that. You're going to see a huge 
spike in some of these D-level characters. Remember, Iron Man was not an A-lister. Thor was not an A-lister. Captain America was not an A-lister. Spider-Man was. The X-Men were. Uh, the Avengers was in the B category because of the, all the power sources. But this, these TV shows have made you start to re- recognize there's more to this Marvel Universe than you once thought. It's not one-dimensional. It's not Spider-Man and a bunch of other things. It's a bunch of other things and Spider-Man. And I think that's a huge, huge turning point in the Marvel Cinematic Universe as well as the Marvel TV Universe as well as the Marvel Comics. And if you're not paying attention, you're going to miss out on some great entertainment. Um, DC's doing some great things with Arrow, with Flash, uh, with Supergirl coming this fall. So don't just write it off as it's kid's play, it's child's play. I know there's a tendency with the CW to assume it's all geared towards teenagers and early 20s. But it's not. It's not just those people. So you have to understand there's a lot out there that you can be enjoying and appreciate uh, that I think you're missing out if you don't take advantage of. A lot of it's available on Netflix. Uh, You can get it on iTunes if you haven't seen some of these things. But it's worth watching. If you haven't checked it out, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., definitely worth watching. Incredible Hulk, definitely worth watching. It's nostalgic, if nothing else. Daredevil, great. Great series, great Great intrigue. It just it makes you interested. So my premise at the beginning was, do these TV shows harm or enhance or make a difference in any way, shape, or form to the comics? And I think they enhance it. Done well, a good TV show can bring those characters to life. I talk about the comic book tales bringing these characters to life and bringing the comic books to life. Understanding, seeing them in live action brings them to life. It makes you want to learn more about them. And that's huge. That is huge for for no other reason than you get an opportunity to see these people and understand these people, and it makes you want to go back and read their comic books, which is good for everybody. The more you read, the more you want to read, the more you want to learn more about the history of the Marvel Universe, and that's an awesome thing in my mind. So if you haven't done it already, check out all these series, all these Marvel series from the past. You can skip the Spider-Man show in the 70s if you really want to. You, You can try to find it on YouTube. I don't believe it's available commercially anywhere, but you can certainly check it out. That's been Comic Book Tales for for today and for tonight. Uh, Please check us out on iTunes. Rate us. Check out Hannah Tree Productions, H-A-N-N-A-H, treeproductions.com for other podcasts on the network. And check us out on Twitter at Hannah Tree Prod, H-A-N-N-A-H, Tree Prod. Thank you very much, and I'll talk to you next time.